Welcome to the Every Cloud podcast by me, Cloudy Price. I'm here to share the silver linings with you. Everyone has experienced a bad situation, whether you've lost someone, failed at something, or received some bad news. It's important to reflect upon these and see the good in the bad, even if it's not apparent at the time. Because at the end of the day, every cloud has a silver lining. Each week, I'll be interviewing a guest about the challenges they have faced and how they've overcome these. Of course, there'll be some giggles and fun stories along the way. So if you've just woken up, you're on your way to work, or you simply just need some positivity, I really hope you enjoy this episode. Today's episode is with Natasha Baker, MBE, a Paralympic dressage rider. She managed to get five gold medals in the Paralympics, two in London and three in Rio, and Natasha hopes to go on to Tokyo next year as well. We had a really heartfelt conversation about Natasha's journey, which did lead to a few tears, but also a few silver linings as well. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this episode. So I'm with Natasha Baker today. How are you? I'm really good, thanks. How are you? Good. I'm good, thank you, yes. Good. So if you just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so I am a Paralympic athlete. I competed in London 2012 and Rio 2016 in the sport of Paralympic dressage. Um, so like horse dancing. And really? uh, and I've been really lucky in my career. I've won five Paralympic gold medals. That's amazing. Uh, thank you. I've been to lots of Europeans and world championships as well. Um, but yeah, dressage is my passion. I've got a really random question. This literally just came into my head. Yeah. How did you get your horse to Rio they flew they fly yeah yeah so they kind of go it's really it's kind of scary because you have to hand your pride and joy over to like yeah people that you don't really know very well (laughs) and uh, they put them in crates and then like crane them up and put them into the airplane and then off they go Wow. Yeah, it's a big, big logistical nightmare, but it is, uh, it's pretty awesome actually seeing it. Yeah, I can imagine. And I'm guessing that's like a horse, it's a horse plane, right? Is yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's not like no passengers. Not <laughs> no. <laughs> so Could you imagine being like next to a horse in, in business yeah, like, class? Hi, how are you? How are you? <laughs> <laughs> For lunch. <laughs> That'd be so funny. So how did you initially get into horse riding? It's all my mum's fault. Uh, So I was brought up on the family farm and so horses have been a massive part of my life since day one and my mum rode, my granddad used to carriage drive so horses have always been in the family Um, and I just absolutely fell in love with them but my mum didn't want to be a pushy parent so she'd seen lots of her friends, you know, their daughters would get into ponies and, you know, then they would find boys and go off in a different direction and she didn't want to do that for me so I did everything else I swam I did brownies I played the violin and the piano really badly (laughs) Um, and uh, and I just horses was always there for me and it was always my passion and if it meant going for a violin lesson over a riding lesson then I would always choose riding Um, and so all the others kind of just dropped away and riding was just still there for me and I, I just loved it. That's so lovely. Do you remember when you first rode a horse? No, I was I was about I think eight or nine months. Wow. Um, yeah, really young in a basket saddle, which is kind of like a wicker, basically chair that is put <laughs> on a horse and it is girthed up. And I was sat in that, and I had a drink in one hand and a lolly in another, and Aww. off I went. So Aww. yeah, I, I definitely don't remember that. So cute. <laughs> I have a video. Aww. Yeah, it's really cute. That's so cute. <laughs> 
And do you ride full time? Yes, I do. I so that's a dream. It is. It is amazing. I have Aww. to obviously fund my sport because yeah. I'm in an expensive sport. So I look for sponsorship and I go and do public speaking and motivational talks for companies. And that helps pay for the horses. Um, yeah. But riding is my full time job. That's so lovely. Do you really enjoy it? Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I, I did my A-levels at school and I wanted to make sure that I had a good education because you never know what can happen and it's good to have a backup plan but I knew from the age of 10 that I wanted to go to the Paralympic Games and so that was always my plan A, B, C, D, E, F, D um, (laughs) and so on Um, but you know it, it was good to have a good education so that if for whatever reason I couldn't go somewhere or, or I couldn't ride for whatever reason it was there and I could fall back on it and I could after my career potentially go out and get a job so yeah you know education was still really important, important. but yeah. riding was always slightly more important <laughs> for me personally <laughs> so yeah. if you weren't a dressage rider what do you think you'd be um I would probably be doing something similar to yourself I think you yeah I think so I like I love the marketing the chatty side of things um I love working with all of my sponsors on you know with social media and marketing campaigns so I think I would be doing something along those lines but as I said it was never really my dream my dream yeah. my, my dream was always riding and I think you know I, I can't think of a time when I won't be riding and competing but I think if I ever did wish to retire I think that's probably the road that I would go down that's so lovely and what would you say your greatest achievement has been in riding so far oh for sure London 2012 oh. like that was just the most unbelievable three weeks of my entire life like competing at a Paralympics is so special but to do that at home and being a London girl as well, it yeah. just made everything extra special. I had friends and family there that had never seen me ride before. And then I was standing having my dream gold medal put around my neck. And it was just the most special thing I have ever done in my entire life. I can see goosebumps. It does. It, it literally, <laughs> I, I can shut my eyes and just transport back to, to the time. And I, I love it when it pops up on my Facebook memories, all oh. of the pictures and everything. It was just, it was by far the best few weeks of my entire life. I just, I just loved it. If I could do it all over again, I would do it in a flash. That's amazing. Yeah. Did you get two gold medals? I got two in golds in, in London. London. That's yeah. amazing. What were they in? Uh, so I wasn't part of the team in London because I was like, the newbie um so uh, they were both individual medals uh, in the individual championship and the freestyle championship well at least you get to take all the credit (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) Um, tell me a bit more about rio Rio was really cool um, to to be selected on the same horse for my second Paralympics was a real achievement all of the other riders had new horses and new partnerships so to be able to defend my title on the same horse was really special and it was going to be our last competition together we decided that I was going to retire him after Rio so although London was incredibly special because it was my first time and everything was so new Rio was special in a different way yeah um had a lot more pressure a I can lot imagine, of because pressure. you've already got the gold medals yeah and you want to get them again <laughs> yeah exactly and yeah. I, I was the one to beat and so I'd been really pumped up in the media um, and so I went into Rio kind of thinking oh my goodness I've really got to deliver this um and it didn't all 
go to plan out there. My horse was quite spooky. Um, he got really nervous of the atmosphere. And so we didn't really, in London, like I felt like we got our best performances in the arena. Whereas in Rio, I knew that there was more there, which was kind of frustrating. Um, but for the last day in the freestyle, he was so much more settled. And, and we definitely got our best to, to last, um, which was our last ever performance together. So that Aww. makes it really special. That's so lovely. And did you, what did you win that? Uh, that was three gold medals in Rio. Amazing. They put me on the team that time. You're, you're a superhuman. You're like, I'm really not. Nobody has five gold Paralympic medals. I know it's scary because I've got a 100% success rate at Paralympics. That's amazing. So I'm really, you're really like, nervous going into Tokyo you're now. Superwoman. I'm really not. I'm just Natasha, I promise. <laughs> That's amazing though. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's amazing. still really surreal. I really, imagine. really surreal. Do you feel like it's you or do you feel like no. it's a different person yeah it's it's like you know Beyonce has like her alter yeah. ego it's kind of like that for me it, it's kind of like I morph into a different person when I get to a competition and although they're incredible memories but it does feel like did that really happen like yeah. did, did have I have I actually done all of this in my life it's it's a real pinch me moment I can imagine and did you set yourself the goal to go to Paralympics yeah I I was quite an ambitious child <laughs> um when I was 10 years old it was during the Sydney Paralympic Games in 2000 and I remember sitting in this room Aww. watching the TV with my parents and I said to them I said I, I want to win a Paralympic gold medal one day and I was watching my now friend Lee Pearson do his test and I thought well he's disabled and you know I'm disabled and if he can make a horse go like that I'd never seen dressage before yeah. and I was just completely bowled over by how beautiful the horses were and how elegant and and how they made them dance and I just thought well if they can do that then there's no reason why I can't do that and yeah I just said to my parents I'm, I'm gonna do that I'm gonna win a Paralympic gold medal and you got five and I got five <laughs> that's amazing though I never imagined though like 12 years later going into my first Paralympic Games that I would achieve my dream in the first go like yeah. the, that didn't occur to me that that would happen because you see you know it takes such a long time to build up relationships with horses and you know it it takes time to develop your skills and so to do it in such a short space of time, yeah. I just, it was beyond all of my expectations. I can imagine. And that's so lovely though, <laughs> actually achieving your goal in the oh, first yeah. round. And what's your goal now? Uh, so I would love to go to Tokyo. Yeah. Um, I would love to win another gold medal out there. It's kind of different. So I, I went into Rio wanting to win three Paralympic gold medals and beat my Paralympic record. Um, and I managed to win the three gold medals. I didn't manage to beat my own Paralympic record so I set yeah. two records in London so I wow. wanted to beat myself um <laughs> I didn't manage to do that just because JP was he wasn't very settled out there yeah um but the sports come on a lot in the last four years since Rio and it's so much more competitive now so I think my mindset has changed quite a lot and so I just want to go out to Tokyo if I get selected again yeah, there's no guarantees um, I would love to go out there and ride the three best tests that I can yeah and if that means that I can win another 
medal of any color then I will be really happy obviously the dream is to win another three but you know it's it's going to be the toughest games that I've ever been to so it's it's going to be interesting that's so exciting and how do you get selected for Tokyo or the Olympics in general it's a, a long process and it's different for every sport and every discipline within each sport as well so we have able bodied dressage show jumping and eventing and they will have a different uh, program and different selection trials to para dressage um, and it's kind of um, an individual program as well so the selectors sit down at the beginning of the year and they tell us what competitions they would like us to enter um, and that will depend on whereabouts in Europe they are and what other competitors they feel are going to be at those competitions so for instance uh, my biggest competition comes from Denmark and Holland so they might want me to go up against those riders to see how I'm faring against them so it's very um, individual but they take into account Obviously, they take into account past experience, not necessarily results, but how we handle pressure under high pressure situations, because that's basically what you're in for three weeks during the Paralympics. Um, And obviously results as well. You know, you've got to be at the top of your game. You've got to be winning. You've got to be getting the percentages that you know might result in a medal so there's lots of factors and obviously as well we've got another athlete in the horse and so they've got to be fit and healthy and sound as have we so there's a lot that comes into it that's really lovely and you've got a new-ish horse Lottie yes tell me a bit more about Lottie I love her (laughs) she's gorgeous I feel like that emoji with like hearts in my eyes all the time every time I talk about her um she she's really really gorgeous and she's just such a nice person I always describe my horses as people (laughs) because I think every single person has their own identity and their own things that are unique and horses are exactly the same Mm. so I always think of them as kind of like a, a bit of a human identity but she's a really lovely person and her life motto I think is that's fine she just goes with the flow with everything she's so laid back she's really chilled out and we've built up already in in the few months that I've had her and I've been riding her a really good relationship built on trust and respect and she she's just yeah I love her she's Aww, awesome so <laughs> you also have an MBE yes how exciting that was really crazy um my life after London completely changed and I wasn't expecting any of it it was it was crazy like I got invited to the coolest places and I got a letter through it was the day before my birthday and uh and so I got a letter saying that the queen would basically like to honor me with an MBE and uh and it got announced in the new year's honors list um yeah it was really cool and then I got to go to Buckingham Palace and I was the first out of all of the London 2012 Olympians and Paralympians to receive my honour. And I got the Queen, so she actually Amazing. pinned the badge on oh. me. Um, it was the most surreal experience of my entire life. Like having the Queen standing in front of you and yeah. chatting to you like another human being is just it's mad does it all feel like a dream yeah completely and I'll, I've met her a few times since now and Besties. every yeah 
<laughs> me and Liz were like that. <laughs> but um, but yes, yeah, it's it's so so weird. And like just going to the palace, it's the most incredible thing in the world. And you know, I I just find it all so weird because I'm just I'm just Natasha. Yeah. And then all these awesome things keep happening. It's yeah. it's really weird. <laughs> You've worked really hard for it. So yeah. Yeah, I'm, I, I think, uh, yeah, I have worked really hard for it and, and that's brilliant. But even if if you work hard, you don't always expect that all come. of this to come. And exactly. it's, yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah, because I was talking to somebody the other day, actually, and we were speaking about how you look at somebody, maybe yourself, somebody's probably looking at you thinking, I would love to be you. Yeah. But you forget all the hard work that you put yeah. in. Yeah, So really it does come with a lot of hard work and it's not that you're just gifted all these things oh no you've worked so hard for them as well yeah so yeah it's the blood sweat and tears behind the scenes that you know everybody sees on tv us going out and doing our tests and winning the the medals but they don't see all of the blood sweat and tears that happen at home all of the bad days and you know the bad training sessions and the days that you're not well or whatever and and it is really tough but it's the times that you guys see on tv that that gets us through that and and, you know the feeling of achieving what you've dreamt of achieving for a really long time I mean that's that's what gets you through every day and why you get up every morning with that motivation that's so lovely so as you know this podcast is about happiness and positivity so would you generally describe yourself as an optimist or a pessimist oh massive optimist (laughs) massive yeah I've always I'm really lucky both of my parents are really positive and so they've brought me up with a really positive mental attitude and I'm always a a glass half full kind of person you know I I always think of the positive things even in bad situations and you know I think I don't know how I would go around life if I didn't think in that way just because I just think we're so lucky to be on this earth, so why wouldn't you be happy? Literally, I always say that. My friend was saying a bad day the other day, and I was like, look, you've got so many opportunities. Yeah. You're so lucky. You live in London. You're you. I was like, what yeah. more could you want? And she was like this, and I was like, but you can't think of it like that. You no. have to think about what you have, not what you want. Exactly. And then work towards what you want. Yes. Yeah. And my mum and dad always said, there's somebody worse off than you. There is, In any always. situation, there's always somebody worse off than you, and, and so you've got everything to be grateful for. Definitely. And how would you define happiness? I think love, not just relationship love, but having, you know, being in love for me makes me happy, whether that's my horses or having the love from my parents and my family and my friends. You know, they're always the people that are there for me in the tough times and so I think that's that's what I would always go to that's um yeah so I'd say love and I think you can also be in love with dressage yeah as well. absolutely and you can be in love with things that make yeah. you feel amazing I think when you're love you feel like a certain way yeah towards something and you, you feel passionate that. that's it passion and, yeah and I think passion comes after love as in you've got to be in love first and then the passion comes because you fall more in love with that thing or person and then you're passionate about it and so you'll do anything 
that you can to achieve that thing or or to help that person and so yeah I think those two go really well hand in hand that's actually so interesting I've thought of that before so many people come up being pleasant and things like yeah. that but actually love is such an important thing I think I'm glad I can be unique yes. yeah. so as you know this podcast is based on the saying every cloud has a silver lining yeah so can you think of any times where something bad has happened and you've taken a positive from it loads <laughs> um uh, gosh so I had a, a horse and this is probably the biggest life-changing moment for me I had a horse that I bought back in 2006 seven and he was hopefully going to be my Beijing horse and I had high hopes on him uh, we ploughed all of our money into him so all of my university money that we'd saved up um, we we literally he cost us a fortune and so we were really excited about everything and we'd done really well in our qualifying competitions everything was going brilliantly and then two days before the final selection for Beijing he went lame in the field no so um we were obviously devastated, not only because obviously I wouldn't then get the chance to go to the competition and qualify for my dream of going to a Paralympics, but obviously then all of the money that we had spent on this horse and he was injured and it wasn't like a, a life-threatening injury, yeah. but it was still going to put him out of work for a yeah. significant amount of time. And so, uh, so yeah, it was just absolutely soul destroying and then you have to move on um so we had to buy another horse with no money and so I basically went to loads of companies and tried to get some grants we managed to scrape a, a small amount of money together and then I found JP and we brought him home and like I knew that he was going to be my superstar horse like from word go I mean Ludo was special but I'd never had that feeling that I had when I found JP and uh, and I was told by the team uh, the team manager at the time that he would never be a gold medal winning horse oh. and he won 11 gold medals go on um, go on JP <laughs> so he was he was a real special boy so yeah I think you know Obviously, ha having Ludo have his injury and everything, you know, that was really sad. But JP was definitely, can we call him my golden lining rather than yeah, my your silver lining? lining. Yes, I love that. I love that. <laughs> oh, and how did you manage to deal with that at the time? Because I can imagine that was terrible the day. Yeah. And then what did you do after that day? Like, I cried a lot. Yeah. I cried a lot. I'm a, I'm a really emotional person. Like, yeah. I wear my heart on my sleeve. Um, and it, it took me about a week, I would say, of just I think it's really important when something bad happens to actually process it I think a lot of people and everybody deals with things in a different way but for me personally I think you have to come to terms with it and for me I have to think about it and I have to think about you know the whole process around it and then I was like right okay it's happened how am I going to move on from here? Um, and, you know, I've got an amazing team around me. I'm so, so lucky that they can really help and support me in that decision. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's tough. It's really, really tough. But you have to pull through the other side. Otherwise, you'll just get stuck in a rut and, and never move on. And that dream of the Paralympic gold medal was always there. And you do anything to achieve your dream. 
Exactly. And you couldn't have done anything different. No. It wasn't your fault. And sometimes you think, oh, what if this happened? What if that yeah. happened? But there's no, no other way. Like, that's happened now. And sometimes exactly. you just need to accept it. Yeah. Our family motto has been, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And if Ludo hadn't have gone lame, and, you know, he wasn't really in pain, it was it was just a te- tendon tweak like you or I would get. Um, he wasn't in pain, he wasn't in discomfort. But if he hadn't have done that, I would never have found JP. And then, who knows, you might not have been to London yeah. or Rio. I probably wouldn't be a five-time gold medalist. You know, everything happens for a reason. And yeah. however heartbreaking at the time, you know, it it's happened for a reason and sometimes you don't find out until years after why that happened but you've got to remain positive in that in that middle time definitely so have you had any other difficulties or situations similar to that um yeah i'll try not to cry but i lost jp straight after rio um he was in the field and again another field injury um and the vet was here and he just cut himself between his back legs but it was on a main artery and uh and we weren't concerned at all you know horses humans cut themselves all the time by accident just a little nick I mean it was literally like not even two centimeters and so she gave us some antibiotics just in case it got infected Um, and basically kind of very long story short that was on the Wednesday we dropped him off at the vets on Friday because it it did get infected Um, but we didn't know what it was at the time um we got a phone call at half past seven on saturday evening to say that jp was doing really well everything was fine that he'll probably be home within the week um the worst that there would be a scar tissue and uh lost him that night that's terrible and i it can was, imagine that was such a shock as well it was yeah so unexpected to, and they the vets had my parents phone number so they called them first thing in the morning and then i was i live just uh, around the corner from my mum and dad and so then they had to call me and tell me the news and it was just it was the worst 2017 was not a good year for me um it was just it was the most heartbreaking thing ever and we'd retired him from para dressage but I really hoped that he could live a long happy retirement in the field and you know just enjoy life and he'd done so much for me you know I, I, I couldn't have done any more for him than give him the life that he deserved but again everything happens for a reason and yeah. he had an amazing 17 years I mean everything that he did for me was just beyond incredible and so maybe he wanted to go out on a high who knows yeah. you know it's it's so sad it is so sad and you know Ludo the horse that uh that was lame he lived forever until he was really really old um and and died of old age and you just kind of think oh why can't why couldn't that have happened to to JP but you know that's Mm. that's life isn't it and and you know that that took a lot of getting over and um it it was probably yeah 2017 was really hard it happened in the February um and then the horse that I had that I bought earlier on in 2016, he didn't work out, so we ended oh. ha- up having to sell him as well. And so everything just kind of, it didn't really work out. But then I had an awesome 2018. So, yeah. you know, I, and after everything, I, I always think, you know, like I kind of said earlier, there's all these good things that you see in the press, in the media, at the Paralympics and all the highs, and it's the lows that happen 
backstage if you like and and that's but if they didn't happen I wouldn't be the strong person that I am now so that's the positive that you've taken it from it yeah that's really nice that's really nice that you've taken something from that as well and he had an awesome life exactly yeah and you did you did so well with him yeah and I think it's so sad because you build such a bond with yeah. your horse as yeah. well. And you see them every day and everything. Yeah. So I can imagine that was so heartbreaking. Yeah. That was the hardest part, really, because mm. although we'd achieved so much competitively, like they're, they're more than just a horse to me. They're, they're like a pet. They're, they're my best friend. Like, he was my soulmate. And so to, to have that taken away... Yeah. It's hard. Oh, Sorry. Oh, oh. <laughs> Oh. Do you have any other things <laughs> that aren't horse related? Um, uh, not horse related. I'm really bad at thinking of things that aren't horse related. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, my whole family has been through a hell of a lot. So I was born able-bodied. Yeah. And uh, and then at 14 months old, I contracted virus called transverse myelitis and my parents found me literally one morning like a rag doll in my cot I couldn't talk I couldn't cry I couldn't move any part of my body and was obviously rushed to hospital um got the use of my upper body back and my speech <laughs> luckily mm-hmm. and uh, and so that's kind of how I got my disability in the first place and then my and I guess this is where the positivity comes in the doctors said that I would never walk and that I would be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life and uh, my parents never took no for an answer they were so determined that they would do any everything that they could and give me every opportunity to be the best version that I could be under the circumstances and uh and so my granddad on my dad's side was incredibly kind of ahead of his time uh he was into alternative medicines yeah um he was into like homeopathy he did yoga before yoga was yoga Um, (laughs) yeah exactly and uh and so he wrote to this guy called Matthew Manning who is a healer and at the time he was the only healer that had actually gone um gone under laboratory tests and cured cancer cells and brought dead frog's legs back to life um so yeah really incredible and at the time obviously this was like nearly 30 years ago uh he wrote to Matthew and just told him my story and Matthew wrote back and said yes I think I can help Natasha and so my legs at this time it was probably around nearly a year after I'd contracted the virus and so we went over to Bury St Edmunds and I saw Matthew for the first time I sat on my dad's lap and Matthew put his hand on my tummy and his hand behind my back where the nerve damage was. And my legs were blue. They hadn't moved. Like, they were just yeah. completely limp. And within five minutes, they were, like, spasming. And I was having, like... I still can't feel them, but they, yeah. were, they were moving. And they hadn't moved in nearly a year. And so I think having my parents go through that and I I went back to Matthew for 
about nine years afterwards and I learned to walk again and going back in to see the doctors that said that I would never walk was awesome. I I wish mum and dad would have taken a picture (laughs) of their faces. Um, But, you know, it it just proves that actually, you know, if, if you... If you want something or if you're positive enough or if you're resourceful enough, then actually things are possible that people... Say aren't. Yeah. yeah. And and I guess that's kind of the mentality that I have carried on throughout my life. And I think if somebody wants something enough, you'll do anything to get there. And I, again, mum and dad have always said, you know, I can do anything I want to. It may not be in the conventional way, but it'll be in the Natasha way. And again, I I don't particularly see myself as disabled, if you like, because everybody has strengths. Everybody has weaknesses. My weakness is obviously my legs and, and my walking, but I do the best job that I can do in that and and I get through and I'm independent and everybody in their lives has things that they struggle with and just because mine is a physical thing that doesn't identify me that doesn't make me me like a lot I'm me because I because of my personality because of the things that I've done in my life I'm not me because I'm disabled if yeah that, if that makes completely, sense completely and like you said everyone has things that they struggle with yeah some people can't read some people can't write yeah. some people you know are intolerant to foods or yeah. allergic to things and you don't that you know people don't get hold back by that exactly so why should you be held back yeah. by something precisely exactly it's just a hurdle that you have to face yeah and you overcome and you've done so greatly yeah but yeah. your parents sound amazing. They are so amazing. Aww. And like my like funny you should say that my dad's severely dyslexic, so he can't yeah. read. And and so you just you just adapt. You and know? you just work with it, yeah. don't you? Exactly. And, and I I feel so lucky that I didn't know what it was like before I was disabled. Yeah. I was 14 months old. I, I was running around, but I don't remember it. And so growing up as a disabled child, yeah. I I've, I don't know what it's like to be able-bodied. And so, therefore, I am me because I haven't changed, if that De- makes sense. Yeah, I completely sense. understand what you mean. When you don't remember before, yes. how can you think any different? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that makes me so happy for you. <laughs> and, and, like, people have said, you know, if there was a cure for your disability, would you take it? And I don't think I would because, because it's part of me. Yeah. It's it's part of my identity. And I wouldn't be the person I am now without it. And so why would I want to change the person I am? Yeah, exactly. And you've achieved so many amazing things. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I, I get why people would want to... I don't know, my friend, for instance, I could just, the first thing that popped into my head, she's going to have her teeth redone, but that's something that she struggled with all of her life, and so she wants to, to change that. I haven't struggled with my disability, so why would I want to change it? Yeah. Do you know, yeah. do you know what I mean? Completely. And I think, you know, for, for people that want plastic surgery, if that's something that you want to do, that you feel is going to make your life so much better, then go for it. What What's the problem? But, like... You know, everything, everybody's different, everybody has their own identity, and I just think you've got to embrace it, haven't you? Completely. Have you faced any difficulties being an athlete? Um, not really, no, I don't think so. Again, I I feel really lucky that I've I've never been bullied. And yeah. I was at a, a talk last night and 
uh, Nick Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton's brother, that was there doing a speech. And I felt really sad when he was doing it at one point. I mean, he was totally motivational and, and so inspiring. But at one point he said, now, obviously, being disabled, I was bullied at school. What? And I felt so sad when he said that because I was never bullied at school. And I don't know whether that's because I had a big mouth and would just talk back. (laughs) Um, One girl tried once in year seven at secondary school and she called me a freak of nature. And all of my friends at school were up in arms about it. And they came to me because she said it in the PE changing rooms and I couldn't do PE. So I wasn't there. And... After the the PE session, this boy came up and said, by the way, so-and-so called you a freak of nature. And I was like, well, she's right. And they were like, what? So I said, well, she couldn't do what I do on a horse. So yeah, I'm a freak of nature. And, uh, and from that point on, I was never, ever bullied. Or, and I wouldn't even call that bullying. But, you know, nobody ever said anything because I just came back and answered back and I just think it's sad that other people in not even that are disabled but people that are bullied at school I think that is is so so incredibly sad and kind of what we were saying earlier about the the differences and embracing different people um but no not not as an athlete I've, I've never really had that um again I think everybody has their challenges but that's normal you know life is a bit of a roller coaster you have highs you have lows and and that's just part of being a human being and what advice did you give yourself 10 years ago what advice would I give myself that's a really tough one and I've been asked it a few times um I think just to embrace each moment and to really take everything in um I think it can be really easy to let life pass you by and to not celebrate the highs enough yeah um and really take on the lows and I think I've been better at that as I've got older and really analyzing things more and and taking on everything a lot more and I think going through like the whole London thing it it kind of feels a bit like a blur um because it was such a surreal thing but I think taking that time to just stop and take the moment in I think that's really important and I wish I'd have done that more from a younger age yeah that's really nice though that's such a, I'm gonna do that more now <laughs> but I completely know what you mean as well even with like your phone in your hand all yeah. the time taking a photo sometimes you just don't need to do that no. and you think you do but then you think I missed the moment because yes. I was too busy taking a photo exactly exactly like and uh you go to concerts and you see people videoing the whole concerts like buy the dvd afterwards yeah no, watch it on be, netflix yeah <laughs> be in the moment and yeah. enjoy being there and you if you've got your phone up in the air, okay, you are, but you're still thinking 5% about your hand being up in the air and, and, and ha- like, videoing it and making sure it's in the screen. If you're in the moment 100%, then you can enjoy it 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think people can be too obsessed with their phones and, and everything, whereas, yeah, I think taking a moment to just stop, take everything in and appreciate 
how lucky we are to be in the situations that we are in I think that's really important definitely and how do you look at the positives of the bad situation um I think for me luckily it happens quite easily I've got really supportive and positive people around me um like I said earlier I think it's important that you do take on the bad things because you have to figure out sometimes why they happened I think that's also really important um so you can hopefully prevent things from happening again um and so going back over a situation and working out because otherwise you'll never learn from your mistakes will you yeah so I think it's important to analyze why the bad things have happened but also to take the good out of that and be like right okay I've learned from that situation um I've noted that in my little notebook in my head and (laughs) I'm going to do something differently next time and I think it's maybe not necessarily thinking of it as a bad thing but thinking it of it as a good thing because you've learned something from it yeah definitely so twisting things around to to be positive and again I'm lucky because I find that so naturally to do but I think if you are a bit more of a pessimistic person like you said there's always a silver lining there's always something positive and even if that positive thing is just that you've learned something then that's a massive positive because you can be talking to somebody that's been in a similar situation and pass on your advice and how wonderful is that that you can do that yeah and I think that's such a beautiful thing that you can pass on your advice and your life stories to different people and hopefully they can take that on board and learn from it as well definitely and I think just as you can look at the silver lining and everything you can make everything a bad situation as well yeah so really if you look at it in the best way possible then you're winning because you're going to be happier yeah rather than look everything in the bad way and then you'll just be obsessed about it yeah definitely what decision in your life have you made that has created unexpected happiness I had a strange situation when I met my other half actually so I was it was during the Paralympics in 2012 and I went to a Paralympic ball and I was making the royal toast and I met Mark that night and uh, we had stayed friends for two and a half years and he'd asked me out a few times in those two and a half years and I'd always said no he was two years younger than me (laughs) and I never went for guys that were younger than me I'd always uh, I'd I'd always had a relationship with guys that are, are like at least two to more years older and uh, and so I was like no he's gonna be so immature um I can't possibly go out with him and then it was December 2014 and he'd asked me to go out again and I'd come out of another relationship like two, three months before, a relatively short one, like nine months. And uh, and I was like, oh, for goodness sake, I don't know whether to go. I don't really like him. And, you know, oh. <laughs> the classic. Yeah. I don't want to go. Yeah. yeah. And my best friend was like, look, he seems like a nice guy. He's tried for this length of time. If you go and you never see him again... Does it really matter? So that's a fair point, actually. Yeah. So I bit the bullet and I went, and four and a half years later, we're still together. Woo! Oh, that's so lovely. Oh, that's so I so guess, nice. I guess, yeah, that's probably the thing that's brought me the most happiness out of something that I was completely dreading to the point where I ate before I went out for dinner. No, you with didn't. Him. I did. 
That's so funny. I did. Have you, you've told him this now. Yeah, yeah, and he knows. Yeah, this isn't going to be a surprise when <laughs> he listens to, to this. <laughs> yeah, um, that's so funny. It is. It, and do you know what? I just, I, it, I was totally not expecting to have a good night. I said to my parents because I was living with them at the time. I was like, oh, I'll be back in a couple of hours. See you like, soon. Yeah, <laughs> be exactly. Back in 10 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I was gone like four and a half, five hours, and uh, and the next morning. Like, if I'd been on a date, mum would always be like, so, how did it go? She yeah. didn't even ask me. No. No. I called her and was like, are you going to ask me how it went? She's like, I didn't think I'd bother. <laughs> and I was like, no, I really like him. And he, he pretty much moved in, like, three weeks, uh, three weeks, three months later. Oh, wow. And, uh, and yeah, it's it's been like that ever since. So, that's yeah, so that's lovely. that's probably the most unexpected decision yeah. that's brought me happiness, it's, I think. That's so lovely. Is he also an athlete? No, no, he He's oh. far from an athlete. He likes his food too much. He's a bad influence on my diet. Um, no, he's into his cars. He loves anything with an engine. He's a, a engineer for British Airways. Um, oh, so, yeah, he's a very hands-on, practical kind of person. Um, but, yeah, he's he's had no horsey experience whatsoever. <laughs> like, he didn't even... I don't think he'd even really met a horse before he came into my life. And so, yeah, he know, now knows how to muck out. And oh, he's Trained. I've trained him really well. <laughs> That's so lovely though. That's such a nice story as well. <laughs> so what three things would you say make you the happiest? It's quite a difficult question, but... Um, my horses definitely made me really, really super happy. Yeah. And not, not the competition side of things. Obviously, that that's kind of like, for me, the cherry on top. But just... Being around my horses makes me incredibly happy. And my boyfriend's probably going to be really peed off with me because <laughs> I didn't say him first. Um, but my my family and him and my dog and just just being around the people that I love, they, they, that's probably number one that, that makes me super, super happy. Yeah. Um, what else makes me happy? Um... I think everything kind of just stems off of that. Like, um, that's really hard. I guess there's like a few things all in one. Yeah, it kind of is because obviously with the horses, the competition side comes from that as well. And getting a gold medal makes me pretty darn happy. Um, But but being with the horses, being with my family, um, that yeah they are my everything and mark included in that my boyfriend um you know they they make me super super happy and my friends as well um yeah and and i guess just having the independence to be able to do what i want when i want i think that that makes me really happy as well and yeah. and just being able to be spontaneous and and yeah being getting up every day and and loving life love that do you have any last words of positivity um i just yeah i think i'm just really lucky that i'm a really positive person and i really hope that people if they're going through tough times or they're going through difficult times and they don't see any light at the end of the tunnel that they'll think back and think actually every single person on this planet has probably been in a similar situation and there is always that ray of light at the end of the tunnel and sometimes it takes a little while to find it um and sometimes it happens really really quickly but I think um taking on board the situation reflecting on how you got to that position and then 
finding the positive way out, there's always an answer, always, always an answer. And um, it makes you into a pretty awesome person when you find that answer. Definitely. Thank you so much. It was lovely talking to you. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you. If you want to follow her on Instagram, her Instagram is nbakerparaRider. So if you did like this episode, please give it a comment, share, like it, whatever you need to do on whatever platform you're on. Thank you for listening and I hope you look forward to next Wednesday's episode.